G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Easter. Ever wondered, what does it all mean? I mean, not the ritual of the celebration, but the actual message, the actual event. What does it all mean to you and me here and now? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome again to the program as we finish up this week by taking a look at Good Friday from a different perspective. And please do stick with me because shortly I'll be telling you about my latest life application booklet, More Hope Than You Can Ever Imagine. See, I'd love to send you a free copy to help fill you to overflowing with the rock-solid certain hope available to you in Christ and Christ alone. But today is the very last day that it will be available, so please don't miss out. Good Friday. For many people around the world, it's a day off. For others, it's not. But for Christians, it, it's right up there with Christmas Day and Easter Sunday as one of the most special days of the year. The day when we stop to remember that Easter is supposed to mean something. Well, what is it supposed to mean? The problem we all have is, is that we can celebrate the same thing over and over and over again each year. And it starts to become well, like a ritual. You know, it, it loses its meaning. For some people, this is one of a few days when they attend a church throughout the year. For others, well, they go to church every week, but, but they listen to this Easter sermon and, I don't know, there's a same old humdrum thing happening in our heads. Here we are, Easter, the greatest event on the calendar, the day when God made provision for you and me by paying the price of all our mistakes and failures. And can, can I use this word? Sin. But what does it all mean? Is there anything in it for me today in the middle of the pressures and the realities of my life? Over the course of this week, we've been looking more closely at the thing in which Easter finds its roots. Not so much Easter itself, but the precursor to Easter, the thing called the Passover. It happened almost 1,300 years before that Last Supper and the crucifixion of Jesus. A time when Israel was slaves in Egypt. And Moses was sent by God and God put plagues on Israel to convince Pharaoh to let his people go. And that last plague, the death of the firstborn of every household of Egypt, was the plague that convinced Pharaoh to let God's people go. But as, as God passed over Egypt and struck down the firstborn in every Egyptian household, he passed over the homes of the Israelites because he'd commanded them to kill a pure and perfect lamb and to paint its blood on their doorposts. And when God saw that blood... He passed them over. That's why it was called the Passover. And, and Easter happened at a Passover celebration. There's a reason for that, because Jesus pointed back to the Passover and he said, now, today, I am the Lamb of God. See, God had commanded them way back in that first Passover, 1,300 years before Jesus. God had commanded them to celebrate the Passover every year, kind of the way we celebrate Easter. Have a listen to how he commanded them to do this because it speaks right into our lives here and now. You can read it in Exodus chapter 12, beginning at verse 22. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in blood, 
that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood in the basin. None of you shall go outside the door of your house until morning, for the Lord will pass through to strike down the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over that door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you down. You shall observe this rite as a perpetual ordinance for you and your children. When you come to the land that the Lord will give you, the promised land, you shall keep this observance. And when your children ask you, what do you mean by this observance? You shall say to them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for he passed over the houses of Israelites in Egypt when he struck down the Egyptians, but spared our homes. And the people bowed down and worshipped. The Israelites went and did just as the Lord had commanded. At midnight the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. And so each year Israel celebrated this Passover festival with a meal, the Passover meal. That's what the Last Supper with Jesus and disciples was. And following that there was a week-long festival called the Festival of the Unleavened Bread. Now, Israel stopped doing it for a while when they strayed away from God, but other than that in their history, and in fact to this day, Israelites and Jews celebrate the Passover meal. They have particular foods, they have four glasses of wine, there's a real liturgy, if you like, to the Passover meal celebration. And part of this tradition is for the youngest child in the household to ask four questions. And the gist of those four questions is this, why is this night different from all other nights? Each of the four questions asks about one of the symbols used in the Passover meal. Why are we doing this particular thing this night? Why, why are we eating this particular thing this night? So why is tonight different from all other nights? The youngest child asks. And only the father may answer. His job is to tell the story, the story of how God brought Israel out of 430 years of slavery in Egypt into a journey of freedom through the plagues that God sent on Egypt through Moses and Aaron. Each year, the children are told the story so that it becomes part of who they are. And as Jesus sat at the Last Supper, the Passover meal, he too told a story. He told the story of the new promises of God to his chosen people. A new covenant, he called it. He told of a new Passover lamb and a new setting free of God's people, not from the slavery of Egypt, but the slavery of their sin into a journey of freedom. Have a listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so Jesus at his Passover meal, the Last Supper as we've come to know it, explained what the Passover is all about. It's rooted deep in Israel's history. It's about freedom from slavery. It's about one man dying and setting the rest of us free. That's what Easter is. So many people travel through life with a, with a sense of, well, today we wouldn't call it guilt. Today, we give it another label, maybe low self-esteem, inadequacy, the sense that they haven't arrived, the sense that something isn't quite right, that perhaps something's missing. 
I love this old Hebrew tradition of the Passover. As the family sits down to the meal that remembers the first Passover meal, eaten hurriedly before God lifted his people up and set them free from generations of slavery, the youngest child asks, Dad, why is tonight different? What is it that makes this night special? Why do we eat this and not that? Why do we recline at the table rather than sitting up straight? Dad, what's this ritual all about? Why are we doing this? Hmm. Jesus said this, Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. We can just skate through Easter and not even give it a second thought. Sure, we can do that. But if we do, we will miss the whole point. The point of our freedom from slavery. The slavery we have to our own selfishness and sin and rejection of God. And what slave doesn't want to be set free? What, what slave doesn't yearn for the life of freedom? Is today the day to ask this question? To come before God just as a child and to say, Dad... What makes this day different? What makes it different from all the other days? Life these days can be tough. And as we pedal hard just to make it through each day, it's just so easy to lose sight of the hope. I mean, the rock-solid certain hope for the future that we have in Christ and Christ alone. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest life application booklet, More Hope Than You Can Ever Imagine. See, God's Word is alive and active. Amen? So I'm praying that He'll help you through this booklet to live every moment of every day in abundant hope. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. But this is the very last week that this particular booklet will be available, so don't miss out. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1300 722 415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time on Monday with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.